0: W M Q A. Hello and welcome to W M Q A, the official podcast of the W M Q Comics website. I'm your host Dan Grote, and this is a big one, folks. Uh, we have not one, not two, but three guests. Specifically, we have three of the minds behind Bad Idea Comics: co CEOs Dinesh Shamsani and Warren Simons, and publisher Hunter Gorenson. Uh, We get into a lot about Bad Idea, the limited number of stores, the creative roster, the uh, no-trades-no-digital, the crab comic. It's a lot, uh, but I think you'll get a lot out of it. Uh, One note, we recorded this interview a couple weeks ago. Since then, Bad Idea has expanded its rollout to 100 stores instead of 50, and obviously COVID-19 has uh, changed the game significantly. Uh, Speaking of, real quick, just want to mention... Uh, That uh, Super Jersey Comic Expo, which we talked about last week with Paul Brown, has been rescheduled for August 1st. Uh, It was originally supposed to be this coming Saturday. Uh, I'm still very much looking forward to this show, and I wish Paul and his collaborators all the best in getting it off the ground when the time finally comes. Uh, Meanwhile, what is going on over at WMQComics.com? Uh, We got plenty of content for your quarantine. Uh, We got a beginner's guide to the Valiant Universe in Matt Lazowitz's bonus reading. Uh, We've got our picks for June from DC Comics. We got Why Will Talking Tornadoes, his self inflicted Sean Gordon Murphy punishment, uh, the next one. And uh, what's this? Checks notes. Superhero farts. <clears throat> uh, Alright, we got a Sunday editorial looking at the need for AWA's The Resistance comic right now. Uh, we got our top picks of the week. And uh, we got an in-depth look by Joshua Burmont at six of the launch titles from Artists, Writers, and Artisans. The new publisher launching this week, uh, courtesy of former Marvel execs Axel Alonzo and Bill Jemis. It's a lot of stuff, and you can find it all at WMQComics.com. But for now, here are me, and Matt, and Dinesh, and Warren, and Hunter. Uh, so uh, guys, there are there are so many places to start uh, here, but uh, i'm gonna I'm gonna start off in in the uh, sil- the silliest way kind of ease our way in uh, for cool. for comics pro last week, you guys put together a video with a bunch of celebrities. Uh, singing Bad Ideas praises via uh, Cameo, which for those who don't know, is a service where you pay, basically pay celebrities to leave you a voicemail message or provide an endorsement, things of that nature. Uh, I think somebody once paid the actor who played Mr. Belding on Save by the Bell to wish me a Merry Christmas via Cameo. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, did you guys choose which celebrities to participate or when it's as many as there were in that video, is it like going to Duncan and just being like, just give me a dozen or whatever?
1: No no carefully curated are you kidding there was a, there was much discussion at the bad idea HQ about that <laughs> Hunter Hunter especially had some specific thoughts I don't know if you want to elaborate Hunter
2: Yeah no there is um, as you if you've never been on there before Cameo is a is a wonderful hole to fall down uh, but there's <laughs> thousands and thousands of people on there ranging from very famous to kind of famous to people who you may not be immediately familiar with um uh, but tons of familiar faces for me, I'm a big Eric Roberts guy, Dan. You know, <laughs> anytime, anytime, you can put more get get Eric Roberts to sing your praises, um, it's a plus. But we had a lot. Of, we spent actually a like quite a bit of time uh, figuring out what lines to go to get <laughs> people. Much lot of, too much time. Too much time. And a lot of credit goes to um, our good buddy and colleague, Josh Johns, who uh, assembled that entire thing and um, you know uh, helped stitch that Frankenstein together. So uh, we were super, super happy about it. Pleased with the way it turned out. It went, Yeah, and it went it went off fantastically at Comics where We were looking for
1: something that was going to kind of uh, embody our tone.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So much of the industry right now is is very concerned with looking buttoned up <clears throat> and well-financed and professional and business-like. And, you know, we did that. We did that part of, of, of our careers. Uh, and I think we're in a place where we want to have some fun and we want to do something that not just we can have fun with but the stores can have fun with and then the readers can have fun with and this felt like a really high-impact very low-cost fun way to to get that across to get across what we're about but we're gonna break a couple of rules um, and we're not gonna worry about some of the pomp and pageantry. Terry
0: mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I mentioned you know you guys were at uh, Comics Grove the annual retailer summit uh, last month you know you announced that you're expanding your rollout from 20 stores to 50 uh, you know what was what was the reaction, what was the mood in the room, you know, when you're when you're meeting with these with these retailers? You know, Comics Pro especially, you do you can get some of your tougher customers uh, in the retailer world in the uh, you know comics retail world
1: we thought we thought we were gonna go there and uh, we were gonna have some very serious intense conversations, but we found quite the opposite actually. We found that people embraced the idea, they embraced the plan, they actually wanted us to to double down and when we went there, we immediately realized we'd have to increase the number of stores, especially after the reaction that we'd had online in the days leading up to Comics Pro. We'd announced about a week and a half before Comics Pro, and we, our inboxes were full uh, everywhere we could look. People were reaching out to try and get involved. And when we got to Comics Pro, I mean, it was a fight to get to any of us. We've been talking about it. Uh, we've all been on Comics Pro for ten years, and we've been talking about this Comics Pro as every best moment from all the previous ten Comics Pros put together. This one was was a better Comics Pro for us. And so we doubled, we more than doubled the number to 50. Um, but even then, when we started the sign-ups, I mean, we had almost every single retail sign-up. Some took the form away. They had to get permission from if there was a store owner that wasn't present, something like that. I and mean, then they had, I think, one or two stores that found problems with what we were doing. And both times, mm, I would say that there was a misunderstanding of what we were doing. There was a prior um, uh, idea that they had brought to the table, and they just were emotional about it and and we were not in a place that they were ready to hear the logical reason why that wasn't what we were doing. They'd misunderstood a piece. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, this was the first time that we'd really gotten to sit there and unpack, you know, face to face with a lot of we've spoken to, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of retailers uh since we announced the company, which seems like a long time ago it was only about three weeks ago. But I would say by and large the response was like hugely, hugely, hugely enthusiastic and it's always super helpful um, to sit down and walk through it and unpack the different components and explain why we're doing things in certain ways, um, for people who have questions. And that's, that's also super helpful for us because we've been building this, you know, off in the shadows somewhere for the past 12, 13 months, trying to blow holes in it ourselves, but every store is different. And then kind of the beauty and our, what, what we hope will be the beauty of bad idea in the long run is that the way that we've staged the rollout of this is that we can help tailor, what we do to each individual store to some degree and figure out ways to tap into their readers and their fans and get, get each individual store excited in a way that is specific to their little part of the world.
1: We got we got a shout out to Adam Freeman, though. Adam's been on the phone nonstop. I mean, he's been pulling crazy hours every day since we announced and doubled down since Comics Pro to get in front of everybody that wants to talk to us, explain what we're doing and see if they're interested. And if I'm being honest, I got to say, we're not... It's not our favorite thing that there's so much interest. Uh, we're saying a lot that it was such a great comic for and it was. The, the reaction was great. But we built this thing to be a smaller uh, proposition. You know, We're trying to very much focus on the comic books. We think we have an idea of how to make better comic books um, by by pushing away some of the stuff that isn't 100% necessary. And so with this increase in storage, it's wonderful but it does mean that we're starting to, to chip away at the edges of that a little bit, so we're, we're endeavoring to be disciplined about it.
0: Okay. Um, you, know, you have opened up enrollment to retailers and you've been on record as saying you know, you're not just looking for the 20 or the 50 biggest shops. You know, what, what is the mix that you're seeing so far in applicants in terms of you know, one size, but also geography?
4: Yeah, uh, it's been great. I think that we've had a really, uh, we made a concerted effort not to just go to the biggest shops or the biggest outlets, uh, that we're trying to have a very broad range uh, of stores uh, throughout the United States and all parts of it. And I think, uh, as the guys have mentioned, the main thing that we're trying to do is uh, we're trying to build slowly uh, and make sure that the partners we choose are on board with uh, uh, helping us build things. Uh, We're not we're not just going to to the retail outlets that are uh, uh, gonna get us the most sales. That's not what our interest is at this point in time. Uh, you know from the start when we started this about thirty months ago, uh, what we said is we're trying to build slowly. we're trying to you know build the one percent of the one percent of comic books uh, we're trying to go for creators that have a real voice, uh, not just creators who are gonna be able to move books so it's a little bit of a different thing than I think uh, we've seen in a while and as the guys mentioned, uh, it was really enlightening and wonderful to sit down with the retailers, the comics pro booths. We got to hear their POV from it, uh, and a lot of them really understood. Uh, you know, they're they're dealing with a, a book that that they have too much to order in every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have too much to move off the shelves. Uh, a lot of really good stuff uh, just sits there, and not enough help, and from not the publishers from the publishers. So, you know, to be able to, you know, the retailers are very shrewd. They are really the backbone. They're really the backbone of the industry. uh, And they were really the backbone of a lot of what we did with the last company we worked at. Uh, And when you begin to see it uh, through their eyes, you get to understand, you know, just what good business people they are. Uh, So I think they're beginning to understand a little bit of uh, what we were talking about. And, you know, we're we're trying to build slowly, as I've just said, you know, three times. (laughs) We're trying to build small. And we're trying to, to just, you know, slow and steady wins the race. That's the thing that I say to the creators that I work with all the time. Just, you know, just chip away at it. Don't worry about uh, uh, eating the entire bear at once, you know, one bite at a time.
1: Hand-selling. Hand-selling is very very important to us. That's probably our number one kind of criteria for stores is do they have the kind of customer that would like this kind of comic book? And and usually those stores are stores that hand-sell. You know, my favorite kind of stores are the stores where you walk in, you know what you want, you go to the counter, and whoever's behind the counter... He's excited and passionate and tells you about three, four, five different things you've never heard of before. And they become your new favorites and you walk out with twice as much as you wanted. It's not great for the wallet, but it's, as a fan, it's just so much fun. And we're looking for those stores because we're going to try and build that kind of content. We've announced ENIAC now, which is a very different kind of story than I think most people are trying to tell. And we have a, it's even more so than I think people realize because the ending, the big conclusion to that story is very subversive. Um, And we've just scratched the surface of it. We were very conscious that this model was going to need some unpacking. And so we've held back a lot of what we've been working on creatively. And now that we're starting to announce the stores and talk about which stores are part of the program, we'll be moving and shifting over to talking about the creative. And you'll see that we're announcing anthologies and and different formats. Uh, We're taking a lot of bets on experimental genres, too. And we're excited about that. We think that there's a a market for that right now. Hunter, you want to say something? I'm
2: sorry. No, just just to follow up on what you're saying, you've only seen the tip of the crazy iceberg so far. So, <laughs> I think that a uh, uh, a book about a um, about a computer that acts, you know, that that purposefully uh, bombed Nagasaki and a uh, and a two minute video featuring seventy five different celebrities talking about that idea. We have a lot more in the pipe yet to come. It's only been three weeks and one book, but we got a uh, we've been cooking for a while. So, uh, I am very excited to to start rolling out the rest of what we have uh, coming up very soon. It's going to be a fun, fun, fun year.
0: Uh, it certainly does feel like it's been a busy three weeks, uh, you know, since you guys announced yourselves and, and yeah, anyAC, I mean, it's only two months away or so, uh, you know, when do you think that you'll know, you know, I guess who the, 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 the 50 stores are that are going to, you know, have that, you know, on that, on that first day.
1: Oh my God! It's a it's a freaking Sophie's choice, man. I mean, we have <laughs> we have more than doubled, two and a half times what we initially said we were going to do. We we hit, we attempted to hit our end of year numbers at Comics Pro, and we are. I can tell you, if we would take everyone that's that's asked so far, and we're and we're doing calls like literally by the 15-minute blocks at this point with mm-hmm. stores, we would again have to more than, than double it. And so it, we're all sitting. We had a big call this morning to try and work through it. I don't know how we're going to make this choice. No idea how we're going to do this, because these are all stores that that they're excited and they're passionate and they want to handle it, and they're great stores, and you don't want to say no to that.
2: But um, yeah, we're as you know we're we are up to our eyeballs in it now, and we will be announcing what stores are involved very 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 soon. We're conscious that people need to get out there and be able to talk to their retailers, figure out where they're going to get their copy, pre-order if, they, if that's something they want to do, subscribe if that's something they want to do. So we're hopeful that we'll be able to give people the maximum amount of time to do that um, and figure out uh, which store closest to them is participating or the easiest one for them to get in touch with if they're hoping to mail order or something like that.
0: Um, you know, in, in terms of, of what stores, you know, end up participating, you know, there's there's you've set up sort of a lot of, uh, you know, rules may not be the right word, but, you know, just looking in sort of the press releases that you've sent out, you know, uh, well, actually, it mentions a stringent set of rules, uh, but, you know, prominent in-store placement, uh, promotional displays, uh, one per, you know, customer per, or one per customer limits, uh, you know, and all these other, uh, you know, order policies and what have you, uh, you know, how, how do you go about, you know, enforcing this, I, you know, even on a small scale, like 50 retailers and, and sort of. What's your, what's your, I guess, carrot and stick in this, in the, in this situation?
1: Very strictly. We catch you breaking a rule, you're out. We've been very clear with everybody, even the ones we know that, that generally look at policies and say, well, they can't police it. Sure, okay, we can't be in every store every day to make sure you're selling one per customer. But we get any wind that there's, that there's any fudging going on, and they're out. And it, it's easy for us to do because we're saying no to some. We're going to have to say no to so many stores. We've got waves coming after them, so we'll just put someone in instead of them. And I think everyone's taking that very seriously. Um, but we're asking them to do a lot, and we understand that. So we're okay if they say no to that. We're asking the, the readers to do a lot as well. It's not going to be available to them digitally or in trades or maybe even in a store near them. But we're also doing a lot. And again, this is all about All these things are washed away if we build the best books we can, if we build the top echelon of books that's in the marketplace. And I'll tell you right now, man, Louis LaRosa's pages on Megalith, you have never seen a monthly book that looks as beautiful as this. He's taken his time. He's done the best work of his career. Thomas Giorello as well on Josh Dysart's book is, I mean, this is going to be a revelation. Um, But the one that we had the most reaction to, actually, that that was surprising to us because it's the most experimental is what Adam Palin is doing. On our, on our crazy crab book. Um, so I think people, once they start to see the material, will understand, really understand why we're asking so much of the stores and and the
2: readers. Yeah, and the rules are designed, the rules are kind of a two-way street. You know, it. We our notion that retailers are our partners, that is not lip service in order for the crazy stuff that we've lined up to work. We really do have to have kind of a hand-in-glove relationship with them. And they understand, too, that, all of this stuff is in service of hopefully having a little bit of fun, you know, like mm-hmm. fun is something that we think is integral to the way that people, you know, feel about comic book stores and the experience that they have there. And, you know, there's nothing more fun than playing a game without rules, you know, like try <laughs> playing monopoly without rules. It's no, it's no fun at all. We all know, we all know people who've abused those rules in the past. So really the rules are just in service of keeping everyone on the same page and making sure since we're doing this where we are, we are, taking this burden completely upon ourselves you know we don't have the help of a comiXology or diamond um you know the folks who traditionally are making sure all the trains run on time in the comic book industry um so we're doing it ourselves and the rules just help make sure that that system runs orderly and uh, almost no one that we've spoken to has any problem with that whatsoever if anything it makes it makes this a much simpler proposition and kind of just outlines what everyone's expectation should be from the film too
1: but to underline what Hunter's saying, it it there is going to be an approach where we really, really support and take care of the stores. We don't have as many as other publishers do, so we can really make sure that we're giving them all the assets they need and, and we're doing a lot of promotion for them. And that's something we're ever excited about as well.
2: One of the most fun things was hearing people at Comics Pro and, and in our calls over the past couple of weeks talk about what kind of crazy promotional display they want to do like we've outlined some of our plans which we be revealing publicly soon which i think people will think are a lot of fun and will hopefully blow some people's minds but um hearing people just talk about like i have a huge display i have a I have a vacant window up front that's going to be all bad idea now or i have two columns in front of my store can we wrap those in you know uh 25 different colors of bad idea logo um, so people have some fun ideas, and we' a hundred percent ready to play ball um, and do stuff that's a little left of center than you might traditionally see at a complex store
0: so so there's room <laughs> for the retailers to pitch you how they you know plan to display the product then basically
1: we look at this as a two way street when we only have this many retailers, we can be very open to whatever ideas they have and customize our assets for them physical or otherwise. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, do you guys have thoughts about doing some shop tours? I mean, back in the day, Valiant, when y'all were with Valiant, there used to be all, I, all sorts of like just little pop-in quick store appearances. Is that something you've kind of got percolating in your heads as well?
1: We have many, many crazy ideas. Not to get <laughs> ahead of ourselves, but yes. I mean, Valiant, I would look at Valiant as kind of the, um, the training ground uh, for us to be able to break a lot of things here.
0: Um, you know, while you're, while you're working with and and, and keeping an eye on the shops, you know, from, from the reader end of the equation, another crowd that is going to, I, I can't imagine won't be heavily involved in this is speculators. You know, obviously you can't control what happens to a book after it's sold, but, you know, in creating that scarcity, uh, off the bat, uh, you know, is there a concern that it's, it's almost kind of guaranteeing that a number of these books won't be going to readers, but to, you know, flippers and or people who are immediately going to be like, all right, I'm going to stick this in a CGC slab and, you know, put it up on, on the old eBay there.
1: Well, we've built, we've built a number of the rules to help with that. So first of all, the stores that, that, that are part of this program are stores that are very aware of that. And they've been stores that have been successful for a long time. And they understand the benefits and dangers of speculation. Um, but the limit one per customer mm-hmm. should, should help dampen it. Also, we're asking stores, to limit the, uh, uh, the price increase for 30 days to cover price. So that should help as well. There's a couple more things that we're doing on the back end as well to, to help with that. But speculation is an, and always has been, frankly, a, a part of the business, part of the comics. So there will be some speculation. And I will say this. I don't know what we could do to avoid speculation. The books are just that good. We could do everything we wanted. The books are going to go up in value. They're just that good, guys.
2: Yeah, but just to underline what um, Dinesh is saying, yeah, there's about several of the rules um, that every retailer has agreed to are specifically designed to kind of tamp that down to the degree that we're available. And, you know, like, as he noted, like, speculation is just, collectability and scarcity has just always been part of the comics medium. You know, every time you see a number one on a book or a first appearance or something, it's just baked into the fiber of what it is. Um, that being said, it's kind of like your left leg, you know, if speculation is the left leg of comics, you have other limbs to use. Uh, you can't, you you don't want to cut it off, but you can't, you can't, you can't just walk on your left leg. Like if we were only trying to do speculation, this would not be successful. We have to, that is an amazing analogy. Yep. If you, you can speculate all day long, um, on comics, but if the books aren't good, then, then you have a real problem. So our first and foremost concern is making sure that we're making the best comics in the industry, just as it was when we were at Valiant. And I do think, um, you know, Warren is one of the most, he gets, he gets really embarrassed every time I say this, but I do think he's one of the most accomplished editors of his generation. Did some, he, you know, prior to us working together at Valiant, he worked on some of my favorite comics of all time, including stuff like Immortal Iron Fist and Invincible Iron Man, JMS and Quay Pell's run on Thor. Um, some, some of the biggest books of the past 20 years and I'd, I'd take him pound for pound against any editor out there and the books that I've seen that we have coming up from ENIAC on um, I would take the Pepsi challenge with, with any other person putting out comics today any other publisher in the business um, and I think at the end of the day that's what's going to get people um, invested in that idea
1: Speculation also takes two it, it takes someone that's willing to sell the book and someone willing to buy the book and we're going to be doing printings as necessary if a book sells out we're going to be issuing a new printing. We're not going to, uh, we know there's a kind of a trend at the moment to manufacture scarcity through multiple printings. It's not something that we've ever done or, or really plan to do here. We may not even, we're toying around with an idea for, for second, third, fourth printings, if we get that far, to just not even uh, touch the number, just the current printing. You've got your first print, and then every other printing is one one printing. But if someone wants to read the book, they're not going to have to pay if the book's about in value, the kind of eBay money that, that that some speculation books have, they'll be able to go and get a new printing of the book. If they want to speculate on the book, I mean, that's, that's their own call.
2: The other so. thing, too, I would just add that's been kind of liberating is because we are outside of the diamond system, we don't have to worry about, like, a lot of publishers out there are just trying you know, to impress their bosses and get the number as high on the diamond chart as possible. And that's what leaves stacks of stacks and stacks of unsold books on the shelves. Um, And we don't have to chase that. Like our hope is that every book we print finds its way into people's hands. We don't have to worry about artificially inflating our numbers with tons of variants and tons of gimmicks and tons of sales incentives. We just want to get as many copies into a store as they think they can sell to readers. That's kind of our number one priority. Like, you know, you'll hear us say... Very different than other publishers. Yep. You'll hear Hmm. us say, again, like our model, Bad Ideas Radical New Model is monthly comics sold by comic book stores. You know? (laughs) Which is about as back-to-basics as you can get. (laughs) We're
1: a new publisher without known IP that's not licensed. There's not tens of thousands of people that are going to want to read these books once we start. Hopefully there will be in time. But one of the things we've told the stores is, look, if you come in and order 2,000 copies, we know you're not going to sell 2,000 copies. There's not 2,000 people in your area that want this book. So we're going to call you and say, let's talk about a real number here. And that's one of the things that we're going to be doing as well to, to prevent the kind of rampant speculation that, frankly, is encouraging off all segments of the, the the industry because people are looking to get more copies on shelves. It's not our goal.
3: So, with all that said, and I mean, all I'm sure sales are you know still important because there is a business model involved here. Um, what is what would you define as a success at this point? A relative number, uh, a a reach, something. Uh, what ha- in your heads is success for a bad idea book?
1: I think for us right now, we're looking for people to be aware of who we are because we're new, we don't have characters, we don't have Batman, we don't have Wolverine, so awareness is very important to us. We're looking for partners that understand and are willing to go that extra mile with us. We've been very lucky so far in that regard. And we're looking for people to really enjoy the books. If you know, we keep saying we want to make these great books, if we put the books out there and people go, ah, I don't know, I'm sure they thought that was good, I didn't think it was so good, then we've got a real problem. And the business probably doesn't work at that point. And that's why, look, sales are important, of course, but we're thinking very long-term, with bad idea, and so sales are important in the long term. They're not important month one, day one, even year one. And creative partners and awareness are, are our priorities in this kind of first phase.
2: And I mean, like not to not to be super reductionist about it, but also, like just have fun. You know, like we all have other jobs and other stuff we're doing in addition to the crazy amount of work that bad idea is. But it's kind of just like being in a band. Like, we have a bunch of crazy ideas. We all are good at different things. We have a whole, to say nothing, of, like, the amazing, you know, creators who we have on board, guys like Matt Kent and Doug Braithwaite and Jeff Lemire and Josh Dysart and Tomas Giorello and Lewis, and the the list goes on and on. Um, But we all kind of like the same things about comics. We have a certain sensibility that we thought we could tap into, and it's kind of us just getting together and riffing, and we had these crazy ideas, and it's amazing to see them start to catch on so quickly but now we to some degree we almost got to catch up with ourselves I, I'm really excited but I you know I want to I want to get the books in people's hands and I think we'll I think we'll go from there that's the next thing obviously
4: yeah and I think also uh, we're trying to build books that we like and that we're proud of
0: mm-hmm. uh,
4: and and when it leaves house do we feel like this has been a good book do we feel like Matt or Josh or Jeff or whoever it is has written a great script has Lewis put his heart into the art you know has Diego colored the hell out of it you know, we're trying to put out books that we can get behind and we believe. And I think that that's one of the hallmarks as well. You know, is, is it something that you can't find on the marketplace right now? You know, are we doing wild and sane ideas uh, like like a, a, a crab uh, gesticulating angrily and, and going from there? You know, it's not uh, it's not Batman. It's not Wolverine. You know, we don't have those characters. So we just have to lean into what we believe. And try to capture something that we've been doing uh, similar to what we've done for the last 10 years. Where, you know, even though this may not be the biggest writer, you know, when we launch a book, you know, as we did many, many times at Valiant, you know, can we build slowly and surely? Can we build an audience for this? Can we just get behind it? Because when the person puts the comic book down, they're saying to themselves, my God, I have to come back next month. That was just unbelievable. So that's a lot of what we're trying to do at this point in time as
0: well. Are you got. You guys keep uh, teasing this uh, this crab, uh, definitely <laughs> piquing my interest.
2: <laughs> I, I was about to say I think people are going to think we're joking about the crab. We are a hundred percent dead fucking serious about the crab.
4: <laughs> I, I asked the guys to create a character that was based on me. They came back with an angry crab, so I don't know what they were doing, but
0: yeah. Um, curious, you know, for for each of you individually, you know. How do you guys consume your comics? You know, are you reading digitally? Are you reading in trades? Are you a slave to your local shop? Is it a mix of the three? You know, what, how, how are you guys reading?
4: I'm in the store once a week or once every other week. So I'm in San Jose there, there are two or three local shops by me. So I swing by and I just check out what's out this week. And I usually walk out with about seven or eight or nine books. So I consume monthly books. And then I also pick up the trades as well. But uh, that's how I've been shopping in a comic shop since about 1985. So that's a trend that I'm continuing with now.
2: Hunter?
4: Um, I
2: have uh, tried to quit reading comics so many times. uh, Dinesh and Warren will tell you. uh, During our entire uh, tenure uh, at Valiant. Uh, and about 10 years previous, I mean, I've been reading comics since I was about five or six years old, and mm-hmm. I've been a Wednesday warrior for most of that time. I've tried, at one point, I tried to stop because I had about 25,000 comics in my house, uh, and I simply could not be happily married and maintain that.
0: <laughs> <It's> um <fair. laughs> but
2: now um now I've, I've whittled that down and I told myself I was going to uh to move to trades but now I just consume stuff in, in in pretty much any in pretty much any form I can get it um and I'm constantly you know seeking out new stores when we travel we're constantly hitting up conventions and picking up new stuff so I mean comics is in the the fiber of all of our beings um and it's just something that we're absolutely lo- in love with which is you know came back to at, when we were kind of tinkering with the ideas of what we were going to do at bad idea that monthly comic book format i think is something that we think is into int- plays some sort of int- integral role in the medium you know um especially for the kind of like pulp derived adventure driven uh storytelling um that we've always responded to and the kind of stuff that is the segment that we'll be doing at that idea to a degree there's just something about like that 32 to 48 page comic that's just like a perfect dose of comic book. It's like almost like a three-minute pop song or a twelve song LP. It's just perfectly suited to the medium. Um and that's something that I'm hoping that we get to unpack and explore all facets of, you know, from the front cover to the to the indicia to the back cover, just eat all, you know, um nose-to-tail comic books coming soon from Bad (laughs) Idea. You know what I mean?
1: Um I do the same. I, I, I consume it in every format possible. I, I have a couple pull lists at different stores here in L.A. I was just at C2E2, and I, I bought so many trades that I had to go to the post office and ship them back. They wouldn't fit in my, in my suitcase, but they wouldn't fit also because I bought too many CGC books. I love my CGC as well. Um, I've got an iPad just – at this point, I've deleted basically every app because it just stores my books now, my comics and comicsology, um, which is very hypocritical. Because of what we're doing a bad idea when we say no trades, no digital, no variants, things like that. Um, But I'll tell you my favorite experience is going to the store, finding something I like, being told something I didn't know about that I would have walked by a hundred times, having it be my new favorite thing, that, that, that element of discovery, but even more so than that. Being told about something, you get a little taste of it, and then you you find a new creator or a new publisher or or a new character, and then going down that well and going going for that hunt. And we're trying to create a little bit of that as well with Bad Idea, in the sense that in, in an age of instant gratification, is there room, and there may not be, this is a legitimate question, is there room for having the reader work a little bit harder so that they have to search something out? And when they finally do get it, they bring in that experience, that hunt, that elation, at finally having it to their reading experience. I remember it being a huge part of my enjoyment. In the past, I don't have it as much anymore. So maybe in some regards, we're a little bit of a throwback. Um, but we'll see. And you know, we're also not adverse to, to tweaking the system as it goes if we find better ideas or if we find things aren't working, um, Whereas no one's ever done this before. So there's no playbook to follow. We're kind of making up as we go along
2: yeah I mean I don't think it I just to, just to follow up on that I don't think of it so much as a throwback as I do kind of think it's just as, as a as something stripped down to its core essential parts you know there's kind of a fallacy that's that I think has evolved in the industry a little bit over the past 10 15 20 years as you know comics have become so central to pop culture and film across film and TV and, and what have you but you know we like to pretend sometimes that comics can compete with film and T V, which are the most massive mass vehicles of entertainment. And I just don't me personally, my you know, um welcome to my TED talk, but um <laughs> I, I don't think that um that's not necessarily true. That's not the role that comics have played across eighty years. Comics have always
1: TEDx hunter.
0: Uh, you're a
1: TEDx guy. Don't, don't I, get too big oh, for your
0: bitches. Oh, TEDx. That's, that's a little fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Putting them on the B stage, um, man. Wow. <laughs>
2: yeah, But, uh, you know, comics have always been a little bit off to the side, always kind of doing their own thing, always being able to be a little bit subversive. Um, you know, Marvel Comics in 1962 were a pretty, pretty ra- some you know, pretty radical ideas in there. EC Comics in the 1950s, some pretty radical things in there. Heavy metal uh, and, eerie in the 70s some pretty radical stuff in there so you know i think comics have a certain role to play in culture but it's not necessarily being all things to all people and you know making sure my mom and stepdad can enjoy them
3: (laughs) simon and kirby had cap punching hitler well before the u.s entered the war. right yep precisely
1: well said hunter
0: um let's let's flash back uh a second here uh you know it, it it's 2018 uh, you guys are transitioning into the next phase of, of your careers you know how soon are you all texting each other like okay here's what we're going to do next or I have this idea you know what's it's there? constant yeah
1: it's constant it, it, it to all of our to all of our and it, it's constant everyone's c- constantly trying to throw monkey wrenches into the works and out of that comes some, some crazy stuff which is great like that cameo video
2: <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. I wish. I wish we, I wish we could
1: tell you about the one celebrity that we cut. There was one person we cut. It was the most outrageous. It was. It was probably a bridge too far. Says everyone else in the company, <laughs> not me. It was not a bridge far enough. If I'm, as far as I'm concerned, but we cut it anyway.
2: I mean, and you will never I mean, know. Yeah. You'll
1: never yeah. ever know, guys.
2: We do mm. reserve, the glory. We, we do reserve the right to release the director's cut at some point if you really want to.
1: There's hope.
0: <laughs> There's hope. <laughs>
2: the Snyder you have to say
0: hashtag release the Gorenson cut yeah Um, (laughs) uh, based on on your uh, or actually hold on a second so when we say it was a bridge too far was it like a financial bridge too far was it a a the the oh no it's
1: in we got it in we we got it together it's finished it's finished Bobby Bobby put it together (laughs) why it
0: was just just too hot for comics Pro.
1: too hot (laughs) Some some said it was too hot.
0: Okay, uh, you've got and, and you've named a lot of these people already, but you've you've got an impressive roster of talent. Uh, you know to start with, uh, Matt Kent, Jody Hauser, Marguerite Bennett, uh, Jeff Lemire, Eric Heiser, et cetera. You know, and a lot of these folks are you know you were, you all got to work with at Valiant. Uh, you know, in in getting this band together and in seeking out you know projects to launch with. You know, did you seek these people out specifically because of that connection? Did they come to you saying they still wanted to work with you on something? You know, were there a lot of predator handshakes involved? Because that's a key part of getting a a gang together, obviously.
1: Yes, there were. There were a lot of, you son of a bitch, I'm in. There were a lot of that as well. They're all friends of ours. I mean, Warren, do you want want to jump in on this one?
4: Sure. They're, uh, you know, these are, one of my favorite things as an editor uh, is, is being able to consistently work with the same uh, uh, groups of talent uh, as well as new talent. But you have a bond with your talent when you're working as an editor with guys like Matt Kinn where you can work with them for month in, month out for 10 years or Joshua Dysart or Robert Venditti or or Eric Heiser or Richard Hauser, And and what that means is that your collaboration is working essentially, that there's a level of trust there, that there's a level of... uh, uh happiness with the product that's coming out that you keep your word that you pay on time that you you never change something uh without talking with them first that you Uh, have claws for hands that you have claws for hands. little known fact about warren yes uh uh so so what you try to do is 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 build that roster as an editor uh part of it is is your taste and part of it is your rolodex uh uh and and what you're doing is you're you're consistently trying to work with them to put stuff out into the marketplace which you feel uh uh, makes a difference as as a story not to sound uh uh too terribly pretentious about it but uh you know so so a lot of this was when we began to think about this thing and we began to really reach out you know 12 13 months ago you know the roster was who's our dream team who who do we want to go try to get you know Uh, How busy is someone? Have they left the medium to go do something else, you know, and then just making the calls and just talking to people? And, you know, a lot of people were really awesome to us and and were really sad. We left Valiant and, you know, talked about how much they miss working with us. And, you know, it's 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 really a nice thing to hear and to see, you know, what what we're trying to do is just simply, you know, build books that are that that other companies cannot build. Whether that's because the pressure on on scheduling. Or whether that's because of content, or whether that's because of rate, you know, we're just trying to go back and and continue to build books that that are the best books in the industry, pound for pound.
1: Also crazy. Also, also there's a there's a level of crazy that was a requirement for this, right? I mean, what we're doing is absolutely insane. Hence the name, bad idea. And these are the crazy ones. I mean, you, you've got it. You've got a list of the crazy ones now, the ones uh, we worked with at Valiant before, but also the the new ones, Megan McCarthy and Melissa Flores and May Cat and,
4: and um uh, marguerite bennett and there's a bunch of new people that are gonna be jumping in as well yep and and you know my buddy zeb wells is working with us i haven't worked with zeb in in about a decade and we've got some other writers that that we haven't worked with or i haven't worked with in about a decade and it's going to be pretty wonderful to bring them back in and to 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 show what they're doing but but as dinesh mentioned you know i, I love for sure warren you're going to say the one the one that i'm most excited about but you're going to keep it huh not
1: you're keep it secret okay
4: but uh, uh i love to play poker uh, uh I, I enjoy playing at very low stakes, but I love to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I like having poker players by my side. I like uh having people who are gonna uh uh push all in with us and and really, really you know, take a chance here. You know, there are, there are lots of people who are uh, uh who'll who'll take as many assignments as a handed to them, whether that hurts their reputation or not. There are many people who are who are scared to leave a safer position and, you know, uh, it's a tough industry. I don't begrudge anyone doing that or, or moving on to TV and film and stuff like that. But it's, it's wonderful to be here with this crew. This, these are a group of people who I'd like to who – I, who I say I'd walk through a fire for, and I really do need it. You know, they're, they're people who I care about deeply as creators. Uh, I care about their families. Uh, I care about making sure their mortgage is paid. Uh, uh, I care about keeping my word with them. Uh, and hopefully they know that. And uh, that's why, you know, we continue this collaboration, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years in.
3: You answered this question a little bit in there, but I'm just kind of curious to kind of encapsulate, elevator pitch, this sort of thing. What makes a bad idea book a bad idea book? I mean, is it just Crazy and high quality. Is there something about a specific story or theme or something that speaks to bad idea as a as an idea in
4: itself? Well, we like to start with a bad idea. That's generally a good place. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, towards the end of Valiant, you know, I, I would talk a lot with Hunter and Valiant uh, Hunter and Dinesh. And a lot of our time was spent, you know, we might publish 25 variant covers a month. You know, the level of, of, of pressure and output and just feeding the beast was intense. You know, we might have four variant covers per comic. Uh, uh, and when we started this up again, what we really tried to do was just drill down on what makes the comic a good comic. And, you know, start with, you know, uh, as cliched as it is, just start with the story. And try to focus on building the best story possible, giving the creator as much time as possible, uh, giving the artist as much time as possible, uh, uh, not having to compromise something because we had a second arc coming uh, uh, 60 days into the launch of the first arc and we needed an idea for it. And that was going to impact what script two would be when we were on script six, you know, just just it, it, in some ways, you know, I've worked in Marvel for many years in 2002 to 2009. I worked in Marvel. I worked at Valiant from 2011 to 2018 have nothing but good things to say about both those companies. There are great people up there. You know, it's a great place to get an education, but, but in some ways towards the end of it, you know, we were up there could be death by a thousand cuts and you're, you're doing compromise after compromise after compromise after compromise to get the books out the door where it really does start to eat into the quality a little bit. So I think that right now in this endeavor, we're focused on story above all else we're only going to be shipping one or two books a month. We don't have to feed four, five, six books a month. Uh, uh, So for me, it's quality, but I'm sure the the guys may have a different answer.
1: We're we're figuring it out. It's certainly quality. That's definitely a
4: component of of the soup, but we're figuring it out.
1: This is all new. We've got to figure out our tone. But so far, it's been been a number of things. Quality is, is number one, but we're also very cognizant of what's out there. Not just in comics, but in video game, film, television, etc. And we don't want to repeat. We don't want to do a version of something that, that everyone's excited about. We'd like to pave new ground. We feel like we have a very, very unique opportunity. We're very lucky to not have the concerns on our backs that a lot of other people in, in all sorts of mediums have. And so we have almost a responsibility to try and pave new, new ground then from a storytelling standpoint. And so we're trying that. It, it means that not everything's going to be nothing's going to work. Some of it will be crazy, experimental, and fail. But that's okay because some of the crazier ones may work spectacularly. And we're excited about that.
2: Yeah, and I think um, we're definitely figuring out what um, what exactly – yeah, yeah to, to exactly what there. said. Ex- exactly what that idea will be. But um, I think one of the things that has really captured our imagination up front is exactly that, that snout-to-tail thing that I said before, which is we have – we're publishing one to two books a month. We want to do them in extremely high quality, both in terms of content the actual, and then the actual way that the books are published themselves. So they stand out on the shelf and have a little bit of a tangible quality of just being an art object to themselves. And because we're not filling the books with house ads for other comics, because we're only publishing one to two books a month, and we don't have to worry about um, all of the other stuff that comes with having a much bigger publishing endeavor, we really are going to get to play like with every single bit of, of the interior of a comic, everything from the indicia to the way we do house ads to the, to the possibility of doing backup stories and anthologies and crazy one shots and the kind of stuff that you just would never see from a traditional publisher because it's just not worth their time. We get this kind of celebrate all of comics culture um, each and every month when a bad idea book hits the sores And I think that's that's really exciting for me personally as someone who loves comics getting to, you know, through my long boxes and get inspired by, you know, comics that are 30, 40 years old, figure out how to update some of that sensibility, borrow something from video games or designer toys or punk rock um, and figure out what the comic's equivalent of that is, I think think we're going to get pretty playful in that regard.
3: That actually segues nicely into the next question I was going to ask, which was about the physical format of the books. You said in your press releases that these are in a, a prestige format and I mean I'm old enough to remember prestige format from back in the you know Dark Knight Returns yeah. like sure. that square bound this is more a nicer it's not necessarily that square bound format but it's a nice sturdy cardboard cover and high grade paper
2: yeah we invented a we, we, we backed into a format at Valiant um, that we created ourselves that was meant to be an homage to classic prestige format without being the square bound packaging thing um but that if you ever saw the books we put out um i believe one of the first ones it was on was the valiant which was the jeff lemire matt kent paulo Mm. rivera book we put out at valiant and then we subsequently used it to great effect on books like divinity and savage and matt kent's exo manor war series from 2017 britannia Um, too right britannia yes and bloodshot Sal- Jeff Lemire's bloodshot salvation, but it's a, uh, it's a really high grade matte laminate cover and then upgraded interior paper stock, not dissimilar from what you'd find in a trade paperback. So it has like a little bit of a heft and a prestige, a prestigey feel to it is what I would say.
0: Okay. Cool. Uh, prestige. Um, <laughs> so you guys are launching with, with ENIAC by, uh, Matt Kitten, Doug Braithwaite, uh, Again, super supercomputer built during World War II. Eventually, decides to wants to launch the world's nuclear stockpile. Um, what made of this? Of of all the books that it sounds like you know you've got. It
1: launched the second nuke. It launched it. We didn't.
0: Yes. Nagasaki
1: was ENIAC.
0: Mm-hmm. We were
1: only Hiroshima. What an idea! Yeah.
0: What a crazy <laughs> idea! Um... Um, what? What made this? Uh, you know, the book that's going to be bad ideas debut. <coughs>
1: fact that it's a true story we're uncovering something that the world's needed to hear about for a long time guys (laughs) it's just the secret behind bad idea it just it felt like again like the cameo video we needed to come out of the gate with something that really made a statement about what we are and what we're trying to do and this is a story that you don't you're not going to get it anywhere else it's hopefully done at a very high level with really talented creators um and it just felt like this this was it was a story we were super excited about telling and I think the ending also is very much in keeping with, with the subversive nature, and we're, we're trying not to give that away, but it felt like
4: it had all the elements. Yeah, um, part, part of it is, is Matt's story, uh, uh, which, which spans 75 years, uh, and, and it's just a big, beautiful, uh, action-packed, kint idea, uh, and kind of encapsulates the past and the present at the same time. Uh, part of it's also uh, uh, Doug Braithwaite's beautiful, beautiful art, uh, especially with uh, uh, the colors that Diego's putting over him. Uh, we felt like we had something pretty special here. Uh, and, you know, that, that Louis LaRosa cover is unbelievable. Uh, so it just came together and it felt like a, a really wonderful uh, lead out for us. Matt is kind
2: of like, I've, the, more, the more time I've spent reading his comics and, and listening to him talk about his ideas, Matt is almost like the Philip K. Dick of comics in a way. Um, and he treats he, he has this way of looking at history and using elements that we're all like familiar with and re-examining them through the lens of science fiction or fantasy or you know the comic book medium as a whole that is really fucking cool which is <laughs> I think uh, the best the best way that I could put it but uh, the guy just has an absolutely brilliant mind for storytelling um, and like the high concept of Eniac is just something I think that you are just not gonna see in a movie or a TV show. It's it's distinctly suited um to comics and the what he's put together with Doug, I think is a really, really great representation of what, what comics can do. I think it's a great lead off for that
0: idea. That is awesome. I I just read Matt's uh bang that he did over at Dark Horse, that yep. number one. Um loved it. It's it's yeah, bananas. You know, and I know he's a guy who loves experimenting with form too. So, that, mm-hmm. that you know, that definitely sounds like a person you want in your corner when you're experimenting with you know an entire uh, publishing, uh, yeah, publisher. Warren
1: funny. always says, Matt Kim,
4: that guy's full of bad ideas.
0: <laughs> he's
4: uh, always he's uh, you know, I've worked with Matt very closely over the past uh, uh, ten years or so, and uh, he's just a guy who constantly surprises you. Uh, by by how quickly he moves, but also how great the ideas are with which the speed he moves. Uh, uh, He's very talented. He's very easy to work with. He's a great guy. Uh, I could not be happier with the work that he's doing for us, certainly.
0: Well, uh, Warren, uh, I was going to ask, you've been, you know, uh, uh, this has come up, you know, you've been an editor on some pretty big, uh, you know, books in your career. Uh, Mentioned the JMS Thor run, Fractions Iron Man, Brubaker's Daredevil. Uh, You know, as an editor... What gives you the feeling, you know, what do you look for, you know, that lets you know that a book is going to be big?
4: Um, you can't chase it really. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, uh, if you sit down to do Watchmen every time out, you're going to have lots of problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that the main thing is, uh, uh, just, just checking the boxes, uh, is the story sound at the pitch stage, uh when the script comes in uh is the script tight uh how's the art look uh when the art comes in how's the lettering looking uh, uh obviously the colors you know just just really trying to take it one step at a time uh i, I always take a look at it where it, if you if you take care of of you know the panel that'll take care of the page if you take care of the page that'll take care of the issue uh if you take care of the issue that'll take care of the story uh just just build slowly uh, uh, just build simply and, and be lucky enough to work with guys like Straczynski and Fraction and Brubaker and Kent and Lemire, you know, just real, real juggernauts on the writing side and, and, you know, have, have artists like, uh, uh, Margaret Savage and, and, and Salvador La Roca and, and Olivier Coypel and, and, you know, Doug Braithwaite in your corner. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's. It's something where you just try to give the guys as much time, girls, guys and girls as much time as possible, uh, and just try to not rush things out the door. And and I think that's really the key to it. Uh, and, and don't try to sit down and do Watchmen every time out. Uh, otherwise, you're going to run into trouble.
2: Do you have that post it note <laughs> on the computer that
4: says, don't, don't do Watchmen this time? Every time I sit down, I'm like, how do we make this more like Watchmen? And I look at the post it, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I'm just in a constant state of catching myself.
0: I kind of want to put that on one of those posters of the cat hanging from the branch instead of hanging in there. Don't do Watchmen every time.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. We should do that. We like literally should do that, guys.
3: uh, (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) Blue cat with the uh, Dr. Manhattan symbol on its forehead.
1: No, no, no. It's Warren, guys. It's Warren on the poster but he's got that cat CGI to make him look like that weird cat thing. That oh, they,
4: perfect. They claim that's what it is. <laughs> I like it. I like
0: it. Oh man. Now it's nightmare fuel. But, um, what is, <laughs> what, what is the division of, of labor among the three of you? Cause you've all got, you know, uh, co- you know, pretty big titles, you know, hunter, publisher co, you know, we've got co CEOs here, you know, how do you guys break down, uh, you know, who's doing what on a day to day basis?
4: I do very little, and they make up for the slack. Have you ever seen the Michael Jackson video for "Beat It," where they handcuff each other and they knife fight? Yes, <laughs> it's like that, but with three of us. Do you know what I mean? No, uh, uh, I, I'd say it's a lot like a stew, uh, which is which is uh, uh, which is any one element is hard to remove. But I think ultimately the taste is what you're going for there. You know what I mean? Okay. They that make is, it. That, that I eat is it.
2: Fuel, but
1: that uh, is not my fuel. So there, there is a lot of overlap. There's a lot of overlap. We we don't delineate as, as there was a time we've all worked together for a decade now. There was a time, when certainly there was a big delineation. and We all had our, our little um, skill sets and our and our uh, our kind of avenues and our, uh, that we worked in. And now we've all worked together so long. We all have have worked really hard. I think to kind of understand all the different facets of comics. You really can't do this unless you're seeing a lot of the elements, almost a 360 of, of comics from all the all sides of the table. And so it just depends on the problem at hand. Um, sometimes uh, the traditional uh, the partner in the company that traditionally has dealt with it will deal with it. Sometimes someone else will be able to come in and, and, and jump in. And all the time, everyone is helping build it, which also makes it very difficult to say, where did this idea come from? Where did this idea for Cameo video come from well, I, I do remember i think hunter suggested cameo but i know that we'd already been talking about doing a video with multiple people and the script and so it's not one there's not one
4: father to these things yeah and i think as you get older uh and 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 you have more of a collaborative workflow with with your colleagues uh including adam freeman as as Dinesh mentioned earlier and josh johns who's who's doing our you know a lot of our marketing stuff you really just, not Bobby. and Bobby, sure. Who I think is great. Absolutely. Dinesh has a real problem with, it, but I think he's wonderful. Um, you you really uh, you try to make sure you're not barricading yourself in the office and telling everyone you know to to go fuck themselves. You know what I mean? It's it's really uh, a collaborative effort, and I think that's what produces uh, uh, the best results at the end. You know, whether it's an editorial idea or a sales idea or a marketing idea, you just want to you know put the best idea on the table and and go from there, and and not be Precious with it. That being
2: said, dinesh needs to stay in his goddamn lane.
4: He's got too
2: many pies, man. Too many pies.
4: You should hear the calls that Hunter and I have. God, just we're just kidding.
1: Wonderful. You see that? You see that? You guys hear that? I'm just kidding. That's fear. That's fear. What you guys heard just then. He knows what's gonna happen after this call's over. It's
0: devastating. Oh! oh, boy. Each of you has a group chat that one of you is not on.
1: <laughs> yes, it's so true. It's so true. I want to see the one I'm not on. Because there are definitely four others that I'm involved in, guys.
0: Oh man!
3: So at least one of you, and i it's been a while since I can't recall, said you were at C2E2. Um, were How many of you were there? Was that as, you know, bad idea? Or were you just kind of... You know there is fans, and uh, what as bad idea does your con footprint look like for the coming year?
1: C2E2. I was at C2E2. C2E2 wasn't an official bad idea presence. I went down there. We had a couple meetings with Adam Freeman, adam was down there with me. We met with one of the retailers who wanted to talk about kind of a larger, a larger idea, and then we met with Diamond. Um, we're very friendly with Diamond. We think the world of them. None of this. We should say none of this is is we think we can do it better than Diamond. In fact. We got very, very, very drunk with some of the diamond guys at c V two. And the second half of the night was mostly them laughing at us, being like, you have no idea the pain. <laughs> Self-distributing, damages, returns, you have no idea, guys. Who are you going to go with, UPS, FedEx? They're both terrible. Let's see what happens. Um, but they're, but they're, they're good guys, and, and they've been giving us advice in, in, as best as they can. Again, no one's ever done this before. Our con strategy, I think, is very light for the first year. But well, we've been building an equally crazy, equally bad idea for what we're going to do at cons. and we'll, We may debut that at the end of this convention cycle if everyone doesn't stay at home for the rest of the year because of coronavirus, so maybe it'll be next year. Hunter, I know you've got some thoughts on that.
2: No, I mean, just like in the same way that we get to play with... Um, because we're, we're trying to have... it Because we have a smaller footprint in terms of uh, the amount of content we're doing that's given us the ability to kind of play with you know with the, the way that comics are published um and that same by that same token you know i think we also feel the freedom having done the full the full four quadrant like 40 dates all across north america convention presence that we did previously at valiant we've seen you know how that works what the benefits of it are what the, what the considerable downsides of it are and we know you know how to how to push those buttons i think without um, having to do uh, the massive con strategy that we undertook before—it's a lot of time, it's a lot of money, and it's a grind. And I think that just like everything we, we you know, we said early on when we were we're talking about what the fundamentals behind bad idea is—is is that everything we do needs to be special, needs to feel like an event. And I think that applies to the way that we do conventions too. So when you see us show up at a convention, uh, which will probably be a lot fewer and far between than it was at our previous company. Uh, our goal is going to be to do, do something that is distinctive and feels special to the folks who choose to take time out of the day to spend some time with us. And probably will
1: piss off just as many people as our
2: publishing strategy.
0: <laughs> <sighs> uh, um, now, uh, you know, you guys do have uh footholds in other media. Uh, you know, the your hive mind has been involved in, in stuff like the witcher, the expanse bloodshot, uh, how has your work in TV and film kind of informed the choices that went into Bad Idea?
1: I think look, it's a very different, very different medium, very sure. different development cycle. <laughs> Frankly, it, it, you need a palate cleanser after you deal with that that nonsense. Uh, and it's just it's lovely to, I mean, Hunter and I missed comics dreadfully. <laughs> um, Warren as well, of course. Um, and just being able to come back here and the freedom and creativity, the the, the quickness of the cycle, it's just, it's lovely. There's nothing like it. Um, it hasn't really informed us. I mean, look, we're not chasing film and TV. Mm-hmm. We're working with, with massive partners on on the film and TV side, and I'm sure there will be at some point some overlap. We're going to sit down with James Gunn and talk about, I don't think we've actually announced the project, so I won't say it. Um, and he's going to say, what else is going on, guys? And we're going to talk about this thing that we're doing and, like wow, he's a big comic fan. That's interesting. Tell me more. He may he may be interested in doing something with us, um, whether that's writing or it's something in, in another medium. I'm sure I'm sure there will be some connection that will happen. We're already seeing with Eric Heiser coming into comics, mm-hmm. but Hunter and I think of them as as kind of separate skill sets. Um, and, and I don't know. How do you feel, Hunter? It's all new for us. I mean, you know, like we're what? figuring it out.
2: I feel immensely lucky as someone who came from comic book publishing traditionally and now for the past two years has had a chance to work at Hive Mind, where I got to, you know, get my fingerprints on stuff like The Expanse or The Witcher or Final Fantasy or the Gideon Falls adaptation that Dinesh is producing or uh, the EC Comics stuff that we've been working on, like Weird Fantasy and a ton of other stuff. Simply put, like, it's actually a testament to how central comics is to pop culture um, that, you know, me and Dinesh are even working in this capacity. I don't think someone, um, who came from a company like Valiant 10 or 15 years ago would have gotten that opportunity. Um, but it's just, um, uh, it's been a, a, a huge blast, uh, got, we are working on a ton of exciting stuff. And if there's any, you know, Hive Mind is a completely separate venture. It's completely independent of what we're doing at Bad Idea. But as Dinesh said, we don't have to worry about chasing Hollywood. And if there's anything um, that's kind of uh, a big benefit to it, uh, benefit of the work we've been doing over the past several years, it's that we can do it ourselves. We don't have to worry about to to a huge degree about. um,
1: Yes, that's true. It is a benefit,
2: you know about cha- about making sure that we're sending copies of our books to caa and uta and the agencies and and managers you know we 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 know people we're working on you know J- james juan is producing gideon falls we have projects with a, with a huge host of exciting people you know we can pick up the phone and make calls ourselves and I, I that's something i don't think was possible in comics outside of a very select circle of people 10 15 20 years ago
4: yeah. And it's 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 been wonderful to see all the guys and, and the work that they're doing over five and to see Gideon Falls there or, or some of the other awesome projects that they, they've cultivated and worked on. But, you know, as the guys mentioned, it's separate from what we're doing here. A bad idea. It's uh, uh, y- even if you were trying to build something to capture Hollywood's attention, you know, it's it's a little bit futile. Uh, uh, it, the best thing to do, I think, is just to put your head down, do the work uh, and if, if something comes great and if nothing does, you know, the, the most important thing is that you have a good book uh, and that you're putting together good books uh, for comics. You know, I worked in publishing for 20 years. That's my focus. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, it's been wonderful to see Bloodshot uh, move from from a, 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 a dormant piece of IP to a spec script, to a publishing monthly book, to a movie Uh and I don't think anyone in the world has worked harder to make that happen than Dinesh has. Uh, so it's awesome. To see That's it. a very kind of one. It's true. I mean, dude, when we walked in there in 2011. You know, uh, it was a piece of IP that hadn't been published in 10 years, bro. Uh, um, we redesigned the character and, and cast it for the first time with Wayne and Manuel. And, you know, we, we got other writers on it, Jeff. And it's, it's been wonderful to see this journey for this character that, was, you know, uh, uh, that had some extraordinary creators and Kevin Van Hook. Um, Bob Layton and you know, it's it's been great to see that but you know watching Dinesh Chait, you know Manage that process for the past 10 years It's not something where you come and you're like hey, I got a great movie idea and put it in a comic It just doesn't work that way, you know, you just got to do the comic first make it great and then go from there it, it is that's a
1: that's a it's good to underline that it's tiring that that process is tiring it is It is never, having gone through it now with Bloodshot, it's not worth the effort to get there. I love the movie. I love Bloodshot. I'm super proud of it. I hope it does well. But for me, it doesn't really matter. I wanted to make it a good movie, and it is a good movie in my in my opinion. But it's so much work to get that there. I love the idea that a bad idea, we're not chasing that. We don't have mm. to do that. The the, the, the pounds of flesh, because it's more than one pound of flesh to get there, are not something that are in our future. If If... Some of our partners, Hunter says, uh, give us a call or we give them a call. And it's, it's, it connects that way. Great. If it comes to us, we've had already uh, – because it's, you know, it's the, the underbelly of comics right now is anytime a new publisher of new books announced, you get the calls from producers, financiers, studios, etc. We've gotten a couple already, and it's been lovely and liberating to be like, no, nah, we're not interested in having that conversation right now, which blows their mind and frankly only <laughs> makes them more interested. But what are you going to do?
0: Ah yes, method ah, to the madness. Uh, Hunter, I just I just wanted to point out real quick—you did say one of my trigger words. Uh, I am uh, hype about whatever this Final Fantasy project turns out to be.
2: <laughs> oh, Dinesh has all the Dinesh. It was, annou- it was announced, so we can talk about it a little bit. But um, Dinesh has all the secrets. Dinesh, Dinesh, and some of uh, our partners at HiveMind are producing a uh, live action—the first ever live action Final Fantasy project.
1: It's chock full of chocobos. <laughs> the, the, uh, we've got great writers we have showrunners we've had several interested studios but the, 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 the type of thing we're trying to build is very true to what Final Fantasy is in the gaming world and so it's an insane attempt I give you I give it 50-50 that we get it off the ground because frankly we'd rather not do it than to do a bastardized version of it
0: sure
3: and I can't wait for that Gideon Falls adaptation because that is one of my favorite books month over month
1: that one's definitely happening because Jeff Lemire, if, you've, if you look up Sellout in the dictionary, there's a picture of Jeff Lemire. <laughs> that guy does not care about the storytelling integrity, nothing. No, no, that's not true. He's been, he's been a darling to work with. That one's actually going very, very well. We've got a showrunner on that as well. Great script for the pilot, and we're just finalizing negotiations with the big network. Um, so hopefully that one happens. I give that one an 80-20 chance of
0: happening. All right. Good odds. Uh, not not just not not only
4: one of the most talented people in the medium but also one of the nicest uh uh you know jeff is just an absolutely wonderful wonderful guy uh uh so if even dinesh attacks him so callously i will stand up for him we love you jeff we love you uh
0: gentlemen let's uh you know as we're as we're you know going over now or kind of wrapping up winding down a little bit you know what is what is left to say about a uh, bad idea that maybe we haven't touched on, uh, you know, in chatting so far?
1: We, we hit, I think we hit all the, the highlights. Hunter's not able to do a TED talk. It has to be TEDx. Bobby's <laughs> terrible at his job. <laughs> Jeff is a sellout. And Warren has uh, crab claws for hands. I mean, those, are my, those are my notes. I got everything out that I needed. What do you guys miss?
4: Oh, fantastic work, bro. Fantastic work, <laughs> <laughs> you can hold the beats dude i think
1: that's it it's the hits we just play the hits over and over again guys (laughs) Uh, no there's a lot there's a lot that we we're excited to talk about we haven't we haven't really delved into what what the publishing schedule looks like for for bad idea we haven't talked about any of the books except for eniac which we've only scratched the surface of mm -hmm. we're very careful not to talk about the ending we haven't talked about a convention circuit and what crazy plans we have there we haven't even talked about which stores are involved and what that means to be a Bad Idea Store, and what that means from our end to be a Bad Idea Store. There's a lot to unpack here, but we're we're trying because it's so new. We're trying to take it all very slowly so people can consume each piece one by one.
0: Um. Well, let me ask you. What What do you think is What do you think is the next piece that, you know, needs to be announced or is going to? There's, I think. What? Yeah. Go on.
2: It's uh for us, it's this, our next immediate concern is the stores. So as okay. we sit at the top of this, I mean, we're up to our eyeballs in filtering through, um, people who want to participate, making sure they, um, have signed off and all the rules and, you know, that we're, that we're all simpatico on that. But we definitely, you know, my, my, my big concern right now is making sure that people know where they're going to be able to get the books and making sure that our partners on the retail level are able to take pre-orders and, and, uh, start talking to folks about ENIAC and then the stuff we have coming behind that. So, uh, we'll yeah. be addressing that very, 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 very soon.
1: Yeah, Hunter's right. It's, it's the stores, and then immediately following that, we're going to open up the kind of treasure chest in terms of the creative, in terms of the books. We brought about a dozen of them, finished books, to Comics Pro, because we've been working for so long uh, to show the retailers, uh, and the response was amazing. I can't wait for the rest of the world to see that. So much so, actually, that one of the books was stolen. Someone stole one of the books that we had printed out uh, that was a complete issue, Luckily, we were smart enough not to letter any of them, uh, right. and so even if they're spoilers, they'll be visual only.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um, well, yeah, no, I definitely look forward to seeing uh, you know which stores end up being bad idea shops. And uh, guys, as we're wrapping up, uh, how can people follow everything that you're doing and and decipher for themselves you know the method to the madness?
4: Uh,
2: got- we have a Twitter account at Bad Idea Hello. Um, that keeps up pretty up to date with everything we're doing. We have a website called badideacorp.com where you can sign up for updates and we'll be sending out regular updates um, each time we announce a new part of the plan. And then if you check out a website called whereisbadidea.com, you can see that we've already started teasing some of the states where uh, stores may be coming to in the very near future. So if you're curious about um, whether or not Bad Idea is going to be available in your state or your immediate area, that should be a, uh, a little bit of an early warning sign there.
1: But we'll also be, you know, we'll be announcing news in all the major sites, and we'll have a, a large presence in all the stores that will be Bad Idea destination stores. And I do want to say the reason that our website is badideacorp.com is because we thought the only thing sillier than naming your company Bad Idea is if you created a corporation that was built <laughs> to make Bad Ideas. And to me, that just makes me giggle every time.
0: All right, uh, Dinesh Warren and Hunter, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking about Bad Idea. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. You guys. Uh, thank you guys. It was fun. That's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQA on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQA and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, the ability to promote your work on our site, and a customized bonus reading column written by our own Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice, and a $2 donation gets you a free random comic book in the mail from my collection. Big thanks to our patrons, Charlie Davis from The Young Ones Podcast, Robert Secundus from Docs Talks at XavierFiles.com, Scott Madrinsky from Mojo'sWork.com, Carla Pacheco from Marvel's uh, Spider-Woman series, and Seren. Uh, you can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote, and Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013. Not a fan of social media? Sign up for our weekly Q newsletter, which gives you the best of WMQ every week in your inbox, plus sneak peeks at what's ahead, and an early look at our weekly editorial. Finally, and most importantly, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views, and we'll see you next time. W-M-Q. WMQA.